Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That man over there is the ludicrous Brand Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. And that guy over there is the wavy Will Curran from Endless oh, wow. Events. I went from curvy to wavy now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Nice. The hair. The ha- I'm curvy in the body, wavy in the hair. Yeah. You know? I think that works well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I'm excited. I want to dive into this one because uh, we are going back to doing another uh, product service spotlight when it comes to event technology. You guys all want to know more about all the technologies out there and hear an unbiased review, not just another sales pitch. Uh, we don't like the sales pitches, so we're going to do things <laughs> a little bit different around here. But, um, Brent, yeah, explain who we got with us today and what, uh, yeah, what it's the a technology we'll talk we've... about. We definitely enjoy. I think I think people get more out of it when we actually talk to the clients rather than rather than the uh, tech vendors. Um, so yeah, we're really excited. So in addition, so we do have uh, John Mazarian, who's the CEO and founder of Excel Events, joining us today. Uh, thanks for joining us, John. Thanks for having me. And then we're also super excited to have Stephanie Bayoki, Director of Membership and Events. Uh, hey. And, uh, at, and I forgot to impact <laughs> impact impact. There impact. We go. I, it did, I wrote, damn, it didn't have much of an uh, impact. Uh, it did not. It did not. Oh, but I'm ching. And so, so Stephanie and John, thank you so much for for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to. And uh, so, what we try to do with these things is is take it really from the design side uh, into the planning side, and then kind of like. I often recommend back our way into the technology. <laughs> so, you know, so tell us, uh, tell us, Stephanie, about kind of what type of events uh, you generally have put on. Obviously, things have changed a lot in the last 18 months. So maybe kind of uh, pre-18 months ago, what were you yeah. doing? And then how things have evolved over the course of that time since then? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the short version is it's pretty similar to a majority of people in this industry. We had this big conference planned. It was actually planned for April 6th of 2020 and it was right before st patrick's day when we had to pull the plug on it i mean we didn't so much the the state of connecticut did but uh we knew it was coming and when it happened uh we were like well here we go and uh we had done you know a, a webinar or two in the past uh i had never actually done what would now be considered a virtual event or an online event certainly not a full day Uh, But we had all this content prepared for the conference we had intended to have in person. We had keynotes, keynote presenters who had full presentations ready to go. We had breakout sessions ready to go. And we thought, well, there's no point in not sharing this with everybody. I mean, everyone was psyched to learn. Yeah, we can't meet up in person, but there's all this great content to share. And so we looked at what that would look like in an online environment and thought, well, I guess we're looking at a two-day online event with multiple breakout sessions. Got it. (laughs) And uh, just had to figure out how to do that. And it was definitely, there was a a chunk of research, but we only had about three weeks to do it because we wanted to keep the same date because everyone had already booked it on their calendars to be with us in person. And so we, uh, for lack of a better word, frantically pulled something together and it was all right. I, you know, I was happy with the way it turned out. We had a uh, great attendance, great engagement, and it, everybody was really happy to be able to come together and see some of these speakers that, uh, we were all excited about even in this online setting. And it was still new and like the novelty was still there. 
we definitely had our technical challenges and uh, it was a bit of trial and error in terms of setting it up. We did a bunch of research, found a platform we wanted to try and gave it a shot uh, and then just kind of evolved it from there uh, um, in I think about 12 other virtual full day virtual events after that. One, one other being two-day again. And a lot of the events that we do, they're very educational in nature. Uh, they're really focused for marketers, salespeople, and business owners. We talk a lot about video. We talk a lot about content and uh, just sales and marketing. So is it fair to say that like you didn't just get through that one? Like you went all in on digital. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> right. it was that was the thing is like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Like we're going to set the bar for what it needs to be like now, knowing what I know now I could have done it better, but at the time, yeah, gave it my all. Didn't sleep for three weeks. Totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and by, by the way, I'll give a quick endorsement. Their events really awesome. So if oh, you thank ever you. get a chance to, to go check it out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, you guys, so, so you went from this like two day conference to the idea of like, Hey, we're going to do kind of more the 365, you know, uh, once a month sort of uh, smaller events. Um, and then that's really where John's team kind of came in with you guys and you decided yeah. to go from the platform. Are, are, are we allowed to talk about the platform? That, well, uh, you so here I can transition. Yeah. yeah talk I'm, about this, like, this I'm happy to, to talk about it. Events. So, um, I, I we can always bleep it later if it's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's up to y'all, whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, the thing, the thing was when I started researching platforms, uh, you know, there were 70, 80 out there at least at the time that were relatively good. And I was, uh, Brian Fanzo had spoken at our event the year before, and I know he was going through auditing every single platform. So I was asking for his advice. We had a shared like Google sheet at one time. Uh, and I just very quickly figured out that there are about three or four platforms that had actually figured out the concept of Simulive. And we had so much content. We knew there was no way we wanted three breakout sessions live at the same time. And when I say we, I mean me. I didn't want to deal with three live <laughs> breakout sessions at the same time. Just no, I absolutely did not want that. Maybe now I could handle it. I just know better. But then I was terrified. And so the list became very short very quickly because it was like, who can do Simulive? And uh, we started off with a platform called Big Marker, and it was not great. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> now, we got through the event. We only had a couple of sessions that went off the rails or didn't air or whatever. Um, it was more about just like the build and the setup was such a challenge. The support wasn't there. And so when I found Excel events and when I found John, like those were some of the key things I was looking for. I had to have a platform that had Simulive and had actually figured it out and it would play reliably <laughs> and that it had uh, the right experience just because something plays because it's pre-recorded and it starts at a certain time, you still need to not be able to pause it or jump ahead or jump back. And it needs to buffer properly and all of these things. We need to be able to upload directly. We didn't want to be streaming in from other platforms. And then I just needed support. I mean, I needed someone to help me. You know, I, the, the platform Excel events was stupid easy to learn. Like it was so quick to get going and get things the way we wanted. Um, but also just having the team there when I was like, I'm just so tired and I don't know what to do. And they're like, it's okay. Just go here. Uh, so I needed all those things. I realized we probably should jargon jail a little bit. Uh, copyright, tw <laughs> yeah. copyright 2015, John Federico. Um, <laughs> jargon jail uh, on Simulive. Just in case yeah. someone's not familiar with that term, tell us what that means to you and how it applied uh, to Excel events. Yeah, so Simulive, uh, at least to me and, and the way we used it, was our opportunity to have multiple sessions going at one time 
and not have them be live, but have the experience of watching it be live for everyone. Kind of like a premiere. Uh, Everybody watched the session at the same time when they joined. It started playing just like a live stream would. The chat was happening and everyone was chatting while watching the same point in time in the in the presentation uh but this actually allowed the speaker to be there chatting as well because they weren't presenting live which added a little bit more engagement from the speaker which was nice and people appreciated that uh we also uh, great platforms like excel events have ways for you to work in other elements and so we could launch a poll during the middle of a session and still have people answer it live and we even trained our presenters to say things like all right we're going to take a second to launch a poll pause in their recording and then keep going and talk about what the likely outcome of the poll would be and even say like if this goes off the rails and this poll isn't right I'll talk about it in chat and why that's so interesting so they were we made it a simu live experience we didn't just take something we had done live and replay it some time or you didn't not try to hide the, the fact there yeah no was, we weren't yeah, tricking yeah. anyone and we even went so far as to say that our live keynotes were live and that everything else was a breakout session uh, and it really, t- for for us, I think it elevated the experience for the attendees because we didn't have any tech issues like streams cutting out, Wi-Fi dropping, audio not working. We didn't have to deal with any of that. Plus, we had nice, polished recordings with intro music and a logo, and it just elevated the whole experience. So, John, let's pause there for a minute and get to you, John, and just say, you know, tell us a little bit about Excel Events, um, how you approach you know, online events and hybrid events and Simulive as a platform. Was that a priority from the beginning? Is it just, does it just happen to be the functionality that Stephanie really likes? You know, tell us a little bit about the, 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 the platform and how you approach things. Yeah, I mean, starting on the topic of Simulive, uh, we don't really think about this anymore, but when the lockdowns began last March, April, May, internet bandwidths across the country were down by like 40%. Yeah. So the entire idea of live streaming was just it was just harder to pull off and execute on well. So it became evident really quickly that uh, Simulive was a great solution for that. And to Stephanie's point, it doesn't really matter if they're presenting live. It's almost better if they're not because they can be engaged in the chat. The other area of that of the chat that that uh, we see a ton of engagement on is threaded messages because people go off the rails on one particular topic. And that conversation will just live on for 10 minutes, just people focused on that. But it allows, it, yeah, it allows for much more like organic style conversation where Versus those getting topics, lost in this massively moving fast chat. Exactly, exactly. So it works really well. Uh, in terms of the way that we approach events, the way that we think about the industry and our place within the industry, it's conferences, events, very much like what Stephanie puts on, uh, whether it's one day or multi-day, but it's, it's events that have a lot of content, educational content, Lots of uh, different tracks or breakout sessions. I'm from Boston, so have been going to uh, Inbound for the past what, nine years, something Same, like that. Yeah, nine years. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, when I think about like a well-executed conference, that is one that always comes to mind for me. And a lot of the way that we designed the platform was thinking about events like that in mind. Probably but then, spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, but beyond the, beyond the just conference side of it, the, the, the content itself, we also put a lot of focus on the exhibitor experience and some of the networking opportunities. And I, I think, Stephanie, you don't use that side of the platform as you much know, as some yeah, of our other customers. Yeah, not as much. We've really enjoyed the lounges, though. The lounges have been able have allowed us to do some really cool uh, breakout, essentially networking, but like on a specific topic. And so we could put all mm. the sales folks in one roundtable discussion, all the marketers in one. Um, and we did we did like that. I love the kind of speed networking thing. I really. 
I really enjoy that. Um, we've seen that with our particular community, it's just not that appealing to them. It's not their goal, uh, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. How does it? How does that work? Uh, so it's it's matching people up one-on-one video chat based on different filters. Could be the ticket type that they registered with, so members versus non-members. It could be uh, used for matching employees with employers. Um, variety of different use cases, and yeah, I mean, I, I love it too. Some people. Some people don't, some people do, but what we've found just kind of thinking about the entire event landscape, especially in the world of tech, so many folks that are more tech oriented, often they weren't going to those events in person, but they love to interact with people from the comfort of of their computer. And those folks were just, they love it as an opportunity to get to know other people around the world. And how do the lounges work? Like, uh, you know, I, for, for anybody who hasn't seen the platform and might not have a vision of that in their head, kind of just talk us through how that worked for your attendees. Yeah. So the lounges, uh, I don't, John, is there a limit on the number of people that can go into a lounge at once? It's uh, 250. 200, 250. Okay. I was like, we never That's came awesome. close to what it was, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, we had, you can actually rename, this is one thing I like little thing that I love about Accelerance is you can rename what some of the stuff is in the sidebar. And so you could call it like round tables or lounges or whatever. Um, and so then we named each one, we gave it an image and we had a specific time in our agenda over lunch. So we'd say like from 12 to one, it'll be networking lounge time. And people would go in, they'd see like, come chat about this thing. And we put a description or a guided discussion question. And then it's, kind of like joining a zoom it feels very similar you come in you got your camera on you got your audio um you don't have to have your camera on but good people do and we would always have one impactor there guiding the discussion uh making sure that it's on topic that it's valuable we gave them some pre-written questions and people just get to chat it was a good time we actually do the same thing with the events we host yeah heck yeah I was going to ask you, what, what are the sort of like functionality did you guys uh, like? And then I, I think eventually, uh, you know, features that uh, continue down kind of the feature stack of knowing like what sort of things did you take advantage of that you liked the most? Um, and yeah, let's go there. And then I got probably a million other questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I like that's a little bit newer uh, in Excel events or that I guess they've refined is the workshops piece. We've been using it recently and it gives this really cool opportunity to have, I think it's up to 16 people live on video. 25 now. 25 now. See, it is evolving. Yeah. Um, live on video involved in the workshop. You can have people uh, volunteer to do a role play or turn their camera on and read the example they wrote or whatever. And then you can still have a couple of hundred other people just listening um, and not have their cameras on. And so that's been mm-hmm. really fun for us. We do a lot of guided coaching, interactive workshops. Um, so that's, we just tried it out for the first time a couple of months ago and it was great. Um, so, so it's almost actually- like... So in terms of like uh, audience uh, size and engagement, you go, you have large general session experience where you can do like a, a large live stream, do all that sort of stuff. Then you have these breakout rooms, which you can also do. I'm assuming you can do yep. semi live also for the general session, obviously. Yeah. Breakout rooms, very similar setup, but you can go, you go smaller. Then you go into um, sort of these lounges, which are just like general chats, conversation, fun times, but aren't focused on screen sharing, presentation, right. that sort of thing. Then breaks down even further to workshops, which is small group presentation and conversations, and then down into one-on-one networking. Does that sound like a kind of the cascading uh, coverage that, that you guys have seen? Yeah. We've actually added breakouts within the workshops as well, Stephanie, about a month ago. So yeah, similar I did to Zoom breakout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. So you can take an existing workshop that's happening with uh 
20, is that the one that's 25 people? And then you can say like, I want to put a smaller group of four people together. So 250 in there as well, but 25 on camera. And then you could split oh. it up. So you could, you could split that 250 folks into 10 breakouts oh, wow. and have everybody on camera. And what we've done is then you get like a representative from each group to come and present what they did in the breakout. Right. Stephanie, you touched on something a couple of times here that I want to make sure we just pause and acknowledge um, that that it's not tech related per se. But you've (laughs) said a couple of times now having someone in there, having someone, you know, and, you know, we've talked in the past about having influencers be admitted to the platform early so that you, you know, when you, when you arrive, it's not a empty conversation. There's already a conversation going on. So just, you know, wanted to kind of pause and acknowledge that, that you, it sounds like you've done several things to seed the conversation, to, to help move things along. If you can just expand on that for just yeah, a second. Absolutely. We start sending, uh, communications out to our attendees from the moment they register all the way through to uh, a day or two before the event and the morning of, of course. And you can actually set when your event opens up. So when it switches from uh, just being like the registration and information page to actually having the event hub open. And we have sent emails to uh, some of our key members ahead of time and been like, hey, make sure you jump in, add an image to your profile, make sure you've got your name and your pronouns in there. And uh, then from there, the morning the event opens, we actually have a welcome video for people to watch that'll guide them on where to go, what to do, how to fill in your profile. And then uh, we have, yes, the chat starts right away. We've got a few early folks in there. We also have uh, the guided discussion questions in the lounges, and we always have someone guiding those experiences. So we try to make it as uh, friction-free for <laughs> stupid jargon, but like yeah. it's just as enjoyable for people yeah. as possible. You know, I know I've talked to many people who join an event, and while I'm super excited to flip on my camera and like get matched with somebody randomly, that is super intimidating to some people. And so anything we can do to like mitigate that and just make it comfortable for people, uh, we try to do. And that's why I wanted to just take a second to acknowledge that because so often we hear stories of, well, I got this engagement tool and it didn't work and nobody used it and I didn't, you know, they didn't like it. It's like, but you know, what did you do to promote that? What did you do to make it frictionless on on the design and side? What did you do to kickstart it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a learning experience. We didn't nail it all the first time around for sure. Um, part of it was surveying our attendees and saying, you know, how easy was it or how hard was it to move from session to session? What did you like the most? What did you like the least? What would you change? And from that, we just listened to what they said and made changes. I mean, it was truly that simple in some cases. And also, I have a ton of anxiety, so I can just guess. <laughs> did you <laughs> did you do the surveying directly inside the platform or did you have to like uh, we did not like we actually monkey? because we started out using big marker we did have some session polls right in there but we uh took it out into type form and then i really just enjoyed the way that the flow of our survey was working in type form and, um so we kept using that so if if i can pivot into like another feature that seems really important to a lot of people or i think is least important is analytics and yes you know, oh yeah it, it sounds like so far what i'm loving so far is that the experience is not having to jump out into a zoom which oh, i've noticed yes. that some platforms like oh hey if we want to do a roundtable conversation we got to hop out of zoom or go into like a different platform versus yep. it all staying inside of excel events but what's great about that all being in one platform means that you can track everything i'm it's sure so true. and you know so, we we did everything excel events like People came to an event. They did not leave Excel events for our events. And I loved that about it. I assume and can tell from the survey results our attendees did too. Uh, 
but in terms of the analytics, that was something I was looking for, searching for a platform as well. I didn't so much know it when I began my initial search, but when I found Excel events, that was something I was looking for. And there were a few reasons. One was we wanted to see, obviously, how things were doing, uh, who came to what, how well attended it was. But we also uh, started having some of our sessions be sponsored. And we wanted to be able to give attendee lists and even registration lists to some of the sponsors. Uh, the sessions were still highly educational, so there wasn't a pitch. So we needed a way for them to follow up after the session with people mm. who had attended obviously we needed legal opt-in language in there as well um, and it could do that for you yeah yeah it really i'm telling you it covered all our bases we use hubspot and we can dive into this a lot but there's now a hubspot integration with excel events as well which is nice. fantastic um, but even just like i personally really liked the ability to export the super granular session attendance data because i could export a list of every attendee every session that they attended and then just run a quick excel formula to um mash it all into one thing with like separated by semicolons import it into hubspot and then i had a field uh, a drop down of session attended this was my hack like whatever a year ago <laughs> um <laughs> in the bef- in the before integration times uh where i could have a multi-select drop down so any person who attended the event anything they attended it was in that hubspot field and the other so thing hubspot in- added since then is the concept of of a marketing event at, yes, within their api as a custom so, object, a, a a custom custom object. object. exactly nice. Um, there's okay, still yeah. some work to do on some of the, the way that the data is classified there, but it's a testament to the, the focus on events yeah. within, you know, 25% of B2B marketing budgets are events. It's huge. Yes. There yes. needs to be more clarity around the data that's being captured from those events. Yeah. Okay. I want to get nerdy with this real quick second, because I know yeah. Stephanie can keep up with the HubSpot stuff and she know <laughs> I can too. Um, <laughs> that's actually how we uh, met a long yeah. time ago is through <laughs> all the, the HubSpot nerdiness. So. I'm curious to know for that seems like something a lot of people are asking for now is this direct integration to their sales forces HubSpots, and it sounds like with this integration and let me know if I I got this right if not then this sounds like it might be a wish list item coming soon (laughs) now it's directly integrated to HubSpot so now you can go in your HubSpot and say I want to pull up a list of all the contacts who attended in sessions inside of so it's because I know it's like a lot of platforms are like they attended the event and I'm like, cool. I don't. I can tell you that pretty quickly, right? Yeah. But like, if I can tell, can you do that sort of level of integration where you can know what session they attended inside of HubSpot? You know, I haven't actually played with it yet. Okay, cool. um, but John, can you speak to it a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So, so I mentioned that that HubSpot marketing event object. It's not fully baked yet, uh, but it's going to be able to allow for that with our integration. You can either push it to that HubSpot marketing event object. Or you can push it to a list and then have a parent-child relationship on those lists so that you can you can filter that way. And then as it pertains to Salesforce, it would be the concept of a parent-child at a com- uh, campaign level. Same with Marketo. I just got put in jargon jail. <laughs> so, <I'm sorry. laughs> but, so, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think anyone – that was for, a little bit of a HubSpot nerdery. I, I can, so, I like, we for, have for, some for me, HubSpot that was Charlie Brown. Out. Like, wah, wah, <laughs> wah, 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 next, wah, wah. next time I do an event, I'll play with it. We'll come back to an episode just on that. <laughs> All right. There, there you go. There you go. Well, I think the bit, important thing is that, like, it sounds like – Excel events is focusing on getting data outside their platform and not just saying I can give you a list and then like because it sounds like what you did before with like the Excel. That's what most people are having to do. They have to give it to like their yep. the data science nerds like us and say, like, yeah. figure this out and get this in my CRM versus like, John, it sounds like you guys have really crafted this ability to say, like, no, like we don't want the data to be in a silo. And let's be like a, a marketing tool uh, completely because 
I think it's great. Like, yeah, if I can say, hey, fire off an email inside of HubSpot based yes. on a session that you oh, go. Oh, and like, I send all my emails in HubSpot. That's the other thing. Like, Excel Events has some confirmation email functionality. They have communication. I still do it all in HubSpot, obviously, because nice. I live in HubSpot. Um, <laughs> but it does, it all works really well. And, like, make no mistake, this is not just luck on their part. Like, John talked to me and was like, what do you want in a HubSpot integration? What is missing? What do you need to be able to, like, have this work for you? Um, they didn't just get lucky. They They asked. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest here. This is a little bit selfish. We're a HubSpot shop too, and I knew you'd have a good opinion on that one. So <laughs> a little bit we're structuring it for ourselves. Fine by I, me. Think, I think that's important too in a software. Like some people don't realize too that like sometimes you need that software company to be using the software you're using. Otherwise you just kind yeah. of have this weird integration. And uh, right. you know, I, I'm biased, but like I, I want everything to work perfectly with HubSpot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, really, really cool. Um, that, so that was one of my questions too, is like, what's the, the, uh, I have one more question after this one is what's the email like uh, confirmation stuff? Like, would you say that that's one of Excel? What is that one of your guys stronger features or is that, Hey, yeah. Like lean on a HubSpot, lean on a MailChimp no, to know, fire off these emails. It was, it was good. Like we, we kind of hacked the system because I'm like a brat about it and I wanted to do weird stuff. Uh, but the actual confirmation, we use it leading up to the day of the event and it has a nice uh, add to calendar piece. Um, also, just the fact that I can turn it on and off at like my discretion was really helpful. Um, I can resend it if I need to. I can resend it to specific people. Uh, the reason we used HubSpot for a lot of our confirmation was because we were doing like personalized smart content. You register and if you had attended before, you had attended, you had watched, um, you know, courses in our community by certain instructors and they had a keynote. Like we wanted to personalize that experience. So we were pulling a lot of data from HubSpot as we did it. Uh, but the communication in Excel events is certainly good. That's that's cool that you can like yeah you can kind of turn it off and choose to use yeah. maybe like a more powerful thing because like uh, I mean to to John's defense too like you guys are not a marketing automation software like let's right. leave that to, to, to do well that and it's a lot better too. than you know some of the others that I'd experienced and had to suffer through absolutely oh, yeah. <laughs> like the conference emails on Big Marker I've seen those things and you're uh, like, yeah they're bad <laughs> please make me help me so we, we did actually introduce a drag and drop template builder for those com- actually for every email recently but. One of the big things to you know to Stephanie's point around the uh, sophistication of the marketing campaigns, like you don't want to send an email to somebody telling them to register when they already registered. Right. So having the real time integration so that your list is getting updated, so that it is acting as a smart list, is is super important important for that person uh, personalization and not making it look like just a general blast to everybody. And well, you can and we, either do that. You know, we have, we have registration in our community that's free for our members too that wasn't a part of the main integration. And so they just click a button that says RSVP and that maps to HubSpot. And that like we had a whole thing going that registration was happening outside of Excel events. And we had to keep that in line as well. That's awesome. Okay, I have one last question in my features and then I'm going to let Brandt talk because I, I just went on a nerdy little train. So... <laughs> So, Stephanie, you guys are a marketing agency. Well, we used to be a marketing agency. Now you're primarily doing education around yep. marketing. But you guys, your marketing is awesome. I remember whatever it was. I got HubSpot 10 years ago. I looked at your guys' website and was like, and that's what I want my website to look I thought like, that right? so, 10 years ago when I didn't work here and started using HubSpot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, like, I think that you guys have always had really great branding. And branding is really important to you. Having everything look really clean, yeah, look definitely. really modern. What's what's the branding you know experience and user experience like uh, as it relates to what you guys were looking for? You know, I promise John didn't pay me to say this. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's perfect. It's literally exactly what I want because I have the ability to customize colors and graphics and logos and images and 
all elements of the pre-event experience, the, the experience in the event, the on-demand, uh, showing past sessions. Like I can customize all of these things, but I don't need a developer to do it. It is robust and comprehensive enough for me, but also so easy to use that I don't have to pull in somebody else that does not need to be spending their time on this. <laughs> uh, you know, I had, uh, I had created some cool like cover photos and I just uploaded them and there's recommended sizes and uh, it, it was great. Awesome. And, and John, does it start to scale up to if someone's like enterprise and they're like, I want to break this thing and really change it. Is that an area that you want to go to or is that a market that you're like, look, that's not us. Like we're not the we're more so like this in between, like highly technical can customize, but not like to the point where you're looking to break our entire platform. You know, what does that look like in terms of experience for you guys? Yeah. So since we're uh, talking about HubSpot for half of this conversation, <laughs> the, the, the inbound event that that's coming up. So that is an example of an experience that's not something that we're looking to take over. Like that is a very, very customized solution. They made the virtual city look like Boston. That's that's not us. Where we focus is organizers like Stephanie who want the flexibility. They want to be able to do it on their own and they don't want to have to rely on us. We're here. We're And I have used chat. their support, believe yeah. me. <laughs> But you don't. But you don't need it in order to get done what you're right. looking to get done, and Absolutely. that also allows us to come in at a much more affordable price point while still having that level of customization than some of the other tools out there. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay, that's what I was curious about. Nice. Well, and you kind of just answered the question that I was going to do, which was I was going to say, you know, Stephanie, just you know, pretend John's not here. You know, they've got <laughs> on their website. Customer support is in our DNA, you know. Truly, it's, it's no, like a, it truly is. And that's what I was going to say. It's like, so yeah. how did that support feel? Because there's a lot of folks out there that have had experiences where, you know, leading all the way up to the day of their event, it's like, yep, yeah, we're here, we're here, we're here. And then the day of their event, they're ghosted. Yeah, not at all. They, <laughs> the Excel event support is fantastic. In fact, in the past, I've asked John, like, how did you get these people? And he's like, we just get lucky and then we never let them leave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they really are. They're super responsive. They're quick to respond. They ask questions before diving into something without fully understanding the question I'm even asking. Uh, and if they do understand, they solve it quickly. They'll teach me how to do something that's just like, I'm like, hey, help, I don't know how. And they're like, oh, go over here. Um, even so much as that one day I just like, it was after a two-day, full-day virtual event uh, in December at the end of the year, I was just drained. And I was like, I'm in the report and I cannot find the list of attendees. I feel like I'm going crazy. And they're like, no worries you're in sessions, you need to go to analytics and click on sessions. And I was like, oh, thanks. But I mean, just the nicest, like super fast, great support. I think a lot of that comes down to like, think about event professionals. Other than the military, there's like no <laughs> profession that has a higher <laughs> sense of urgency than so event true. professionals. <laughs> and most of our support team has come out of the event industry. So like they inherently just get it. That makes sense, actually. It's just like, you know, the it military, does. ER, and then us. Yeah. It makes it makes a lot of difference. I've I've often told the story of a young fledgling event app that I that had lots of millions of dollars of investment, and I met their new head of marketing and their new head of sales, and realized within thirty seconds they knew nothing about events. Oh. Um, before we, as we start to wrap up, uh, I want to make sure, John, that so you know we've we've been talking about Stephanie's experience. Are there any other features or functionality that might have been <laughs> beyond what she used that you want to make sure that people know about? Yeah, so th there's one big one, and this is a point where Stephanie and I think have a, a, a yeah. differing take. But uh, just from a you know sort of a business perspective, one of the biggest opportunities for growth for us has been events like Stephanie's that bring in sponsors and exhibitors. And we put a lot of effort and emphasis into that side of the platform and ensuring that those exhibitors 
are getting real-time engagement with leads, chatting, interacting with those leads in real time. And as a result of that, it, it's been between 15, 20% of our, of our lead volume comes from people who were previously sponsors and exhibitors of other events. So um, I know there's a lot of question on whether or not there is an ROI for sponsoring virtual events. And I can tell you without a doubt that with the right experience, there absolutely is. Yeah. And I'll, I'll back you up on that. We don't really use the sponsor booth functionality. John's right. Uh, we did in the beginning, we played with it a bit. And the fact was like the sponsors that we had were so committed to spending the bulk of their preparation time creating this educational content that we requested, which was, I mean, we, we ask a lot of people, I'll be honest. Like we, they have to record a screen and a video separately. We edit it in together two weeks before the event. Like it's a lift they weren't spending time building out their virtual booth. And the result was a lackluster booth by the time we got there. And we were very, very focused on the event being educational. So we also didn't promote the sponsor booths. Uh, But I have been in there. I've used the functionality. I've had Excel events build out their sponsor booth in our event. And it's true. When you do it right, when you create a good experience, you go in there, you have a video you can watch, you can chat instantly with somebody. Uh, The sponsors do get they can see the leads themselves, which this actually saves me a whole step. When we did have sponsors who had exhibitor booths or just had sponsors in general, we invite them to the platform ahead of time. They can start building it out. And after the event, they can download their lead list themselves. I don't have to download it and send it to them. And that actually was one of the most draining post-event tasks I used to have to do. No one wants Curious. to. It sounds like, again, Stephanie on Excel has been a good thing. Sorry, Brent, go ahead. No, no, I'm just fine. It just got, it gets my mind rolling about possibilities. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of hold up as a way of enticing sponsors and exhibitors with data is to say the kind of thing of like, not only here's the 200 people that stopped by your virtual booth, but here's the 50 people that went to these breakout sessions that have to do with what you do. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of that? capability or functionality uh, in in the reporting or the giving of numbers to folks? So a lot of what we see, in addition to people buying a booth as part of their sponsorship package, is they're also buying uh, a window, you know, 30-minute, hour-long presentation, and then they get all of the data from that, which also then tends to drive people back to their booth. And, the, you know, the big part of it is, yes, you can spend time building out the booth, but if you're not actually there staffing that yeah. booth and interacting with people in real time, then it's no different than them visiting your website or any other micro micro site. It's same thing would happen in person. It's so true. And, you know, I feel like, uh, I don't know what your experience is, but mine has been like, even with other virtual events I've attended, our own that we've done, I just cannot get behind the like, visit five sponsors for a chance to win a gift card. Like there's a way to get yourself completely unqualified leads. <laughs> um, unless you have an audience that is like, every sponsor is a perfect fit for 90% of your audience, then fine, go for it. Give them a gift card. Uh, but otherwise, like if you do have a sponsor booth and you're there and you're engaging, all you're there to do is answer the questions that people have when they come to your booth to learn more about you. And if you're set up, if your event is set up in a way to encourage that, and then people can take a second, not miss out on a session, go chat and actually get real time answers. It is so much better than just going to a website. It's like, going to a booth at an actual event. And there's certainly ways to elevate that experience. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier, which is the programming around making those opportunities. Yep. Wow. (laughs) This is awesome. This is why I love these conversations because we literally like, you know, like when's the last time you listened to someone talk about an event app and, you know, actually we're fascinated and actually learn from both the, the, the app person in this case, John, but also Stephanie, you guys just literally (laughs) so many good mic drop moments for sure. So 
Um, but yeah, oh my gosh. A, a, any last minute fleeting thoughts that you all want to share, I, I guess, with the, our, our, our podcast audience out there? John, why don't you go first? <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, I love the show. But, oh, thank you. Uh, I, I think the big thing is, is as we think about the shifting event program for years to come, it's, it's really this redefinition of what the event landscape looks like and how it's a bigger component of demand gen. And a lot of that ties back into how all of this data is integrated with the CRM, how it's used for, uh, used for execution. And, and it also boils down to this concept of permission-based marketing. People are giving us their time, their attention, often their money as well. And they're coming and they're listening to what we have to say. It's our opportunity to educate them, but also use that as a marketing opportunity. And we're, we're doing it to a very targeted audience who, again, is giving us their permission, their time, and their focus for that. And uh, if you execute well on pulling that off, it certainly does yield the reward. I love that. I'll, uh, I'll just wrap up with uh, something I've been trying to say a lot lately as I was thinking about hybrid events and how I think most of them suck and will suck. But... <laughs> I think that everything that's happened in the past 18 months or whatever has elevated and just like raised the bar on event experiences across the board, whether it's an on-demand event, a live event, some combination with Simulive, an in-person event, a small meetup, like the bar has been raised. We can do everything better now than we could 18 months ago. And Will, to your point, what you said yesterday in your keynote, like it's 2021. Don't go back to 2019 just because it's comfortable. Like the bar is set and you, if you can't do it well, don't do it. Like that's where I'm at. I love it. I love it. If anyone's curious, by the way, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some recording of that keynote from untethered. I'll, I'll make sure I include a link down below. It was a good time. <laughs> it was fun times. Um, I'm just a starry eyed dreamer that thinks we can do hybrid events. <laughs> <laughs> I probably can't. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe with I, I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm just saying it can be done. <laughs> true, true. All right. Well, that sounds like a part two episode coming yeah, down, down the line. Yeah, we can have a smackdown. Um, <laughs> um, real quick, uh, where people can reach you guys um, if they want to learn more or hear more, check out your event, for example. So um, I'll, I'll let John have the last word. But Stephanie, if people want to go check out your event and see what you've put together um, or reach out to you, whatever you want to share right now, um, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the easiest way is LinkedIn. Just go find me on LinkedIn. Happy to chat. Um, to send me a message. Tell me you were listening to the podcast. Uh, if you just really want to dive right into Impact, it's just impactplus.com. Heck yeah. And John, if people are like, okay, this sounds cool. I want to check yeah. this out. Yeah, com. You can follow, find us on uh, on LinkedIn as well. We also have a great Facebook group called Event Talk Live, which is yep. just an opportunity for event professionals to come together, interact, bounce ideas around, and talk about the changing landscape. It's a good time. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right, Brant, you want to take us home? Well, you know, you usually do all the things about, you know, write us and all, you know, the contact oh, yeah. us and say the, the question of the <laughs> okay. week and all that. So every time I've been left on my own, usually I hit this point and go, yeah, Will usually does all that. So, you know, <laughs> all right, here I, we let, go. Me, let me try. Let me try. So okay. it's, it's, so it's, it's event tech podcast at helloendless.com for the email. Email us if there's a technology that you want us to, to check email, out. Yep. So if there's, if there's a company or a technology you want us to check out, let us know at event tech podcast at hello endless.com <laughs> otherwise reach out to us on the socials event tech podcast on twitter and let us know what you think does this feel like something that you might need do you need to integrate with hubspot and do the thingamabob with the jingmajigger and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that wah, i have wah, no wah, idea wah, what they're wah. talking about but if you need that let us know and otherwise uh will thanks so much for being here john so thanks so much for being here stephanie thanks so much for being here we'll see you next time on 
the Event Tech the Podcast. Event Tech Podcast. Out, out. spot out. Is there a HubSpot integration out, for that? HubSpot out. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.